Hey, this is Dan, one of the PP Boys, and I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by one of our patrons, Suro. To support, you can head over to patreon.com slash powerplaythrough, where for a dollar you can get early access and ad-free versions of our episodes. Or you can uh, you can sponsor an episode yourself. All right, we'll see you over there. Patreon.com slash powerplaythrough. Enjoy. You had the power. Hello, and welcome to Power Play Through, a Ranger Review Podcast. We're coming to you from the privacy of our own homes in legitimately sweltering hot Las Vegas, Nevada. Speaking <laughs> of your ability to speak. Reporting speak. from the Ranger Room, my name is Dan, and from the Lightning Collection Lair is my co-host, Freddie. Hello, Freddie. How's it going? It's going all right. It was yeah. 108 degrees today. It was. I was I, in my car. <laughs> I stepped out to get the mail and when the sun was going down, in the process of going down. I'm in a tank top. I step outside and immediately I am just, I am a, I am a moist boy. I shaved the sides of my head and the back of it. And I just have hair on the top. I look similar to what Oddish looks like right now, except for my skin is beet red. <laughs> I'm like a shiny Oddish. Yeah. I know Oddish is green when it's yeah. shiny, but I'm like a shiny Oddish. No, this shit. No, it's it's yeah, it's getting out of line. Like it's it's getting out of line already. Just like, but, I mean, I guess we had this coming because like last summer, uh, I kept saying it was pretty, pretty comfy. You know, like all things considered, it was a tame and, summer last year. Yeah, yeah. And we had, like, a beautiful spring. We had a well, gorgeous spring and a wonderful winter. Like, all of it was great. So, and and leading into a summer that was very mild. And, you know, and then the rest of the year happened and all that. Now, here we are. I guess this is our receipt. Because yeah, last it, summer it, it I didn't fast. have a... It did happen very fast. Like, it just hit 100 degrees and it's like, you know what? It's almost 110. Enjoy yourselves. But I know last summer I didn't have a single day where I just came home, got in the shower, and cried because there was no escape from the heat. Mm. Mm. Even though last summer is when my AC did break and I did have to spend a week living in a hotel. But. You know, that shit, I I still don't understand how that's not an emergency situation. When the AC goes out in a motherfucking house and there should be, like, an emergency number you, you can call... But you just have to, you know, normal rigmarole. Go call the uh, call different AC companies, whatever whoever you work with, you know. And they're like, yeah, we'll probably get there around, you know, sometime tomorrow. That'll be our next appointment. And you, do you, to like that's if you're if you're lucky enough for your AC to break, like it at a convenient time for you to call them. Yeah. Because because if it 9 breaks. PM. Yeah, if it breaks it, like, you know, at a point where you just can't call them until they open up and then you got to fucking see when they can come, when they would fit them, that shit is hell. That is absolute fucking hell. That's no fucking joke. To spend 16 hours 
in a in a in a Vegas home during the summer with no fucking AC. That shit sucks. Well, like uh, I had to sneak Big Body Garth into the Orleans. Because <laughs> I'm not oh. leaving the I'm not leaving the cat in that. Oh I no, put, man! I put him in my backpack. Yeah. Yeah, I put him. Oh, I put him in an empty backpack, and I walked past security in the oh, Orleans. It, it would have to, it had to be empty because you wouldn't be able to carry it otherwise. If it was Garf plus something, yeah, it was. That's a big cat. <laughs> yeah, I had to sneak him into that hotel. Yeah, but because I was in a hotel, I did use that opportunity to shave off all of my body hair and not worry about cleaning it up. Isn't that wonderful? That's yeah. such a. That's a. Ah, oh, that's one of my favorite. My favorite. Now don't don't take this the wrong way. I respect uh I, res- I respect the the cleaners, the the housekeepers. It's it's a thankless job, you know, and I I never Harley, go out, go out of my I, way to make it harder for them. But I my leave f- cash on the banister every mm, shift. Mm, mm. My favorite thing to do though in a hotel is disgrace that bathroom. Whatever I would whatever I could do to like just treat it like, you know, there's no, there's, there's no consequences. Are, are, <laughs> you, are you a, are you a hotel towel thief? Yes. See, I'm not. I don't think that I need to steal the hotel towels. I don't think that that's. See, the trick is, to anyone wondering, don't steal from your own room. Steal off the cart. <laughs> because they have your credit card and they account for what towels are there. And what towels go missing. Not every hotel will, but you're liable to get charged. The trick is steal from the cart or find find the uh, the maid closet. Steal from there. You also get some soap, you know, whatever you need, shampoo. It's usually at the end of the halls. They never lock them. Check it out. Well, like those things, like the shampoo and the stuff like that. Well, yeah. That's yours. That's, that's yours. Your, once you open it, that's absolutely yours because... It's gonna get thrown out otherwise. I'm just saying though, if you want if you want the towels, and you're afraid of getting charged for the towels. Just just take them off the cart. There's oh, like go to any go to any floor. You you'll see a cart eventually. Just take them off it. Those are yours. Thank you thank you for giving giving us your money. Hope you enjoy your stay. Well, like when we stayed in that Super Eight in uh, San Diego, and I saw that man masturbating in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Green Lantern John wanted to steal all the towels from the room and I was like listen man we paid $400 for this room for one night we're not stealing the fucking towels <laughs> because at that rate they're gonna charge me $90 a towel mm-hmm. yeah steal it off the cart steal I, it off the cart I said we witnessed a man masturbating like, <laughs> we need all of the good faith in the world to get our money back for this <laughs> Yeah, no. like if when I'm in when I'm in a hotel bathroom, I am doing everything that I wouldn't want to do at home because of the cleanup room, you know, but, what have you. But listen, I've grown. I'm not a wrestler, but I've got full on brother mentality. I'm trying to do brother deals. I'm trying to shave myself in every hotel bathroom. I'm hoping to use a hotel razor that I didn't pay for. I don't care how much it cuts me up. I'm trying to get brothered out here. <laughs> I, you put me in a hotel for a week, t- I'm gonna be hairless, mm. everywhere, everywhere. It is the best time. 
it is absolutely the best time to shave. It is like ignore the hooligan shit all you want. If you gonna take away anything from this, please take away that when you are in a hotel bathroom, it is the best time to shave. Shave it now, all. If you're sharing a hotel bathroom, you do have be to clear con- it. Be with, considerate. You do have to clear it with your uh, with your crew. Yeah, because like when we went out for Japan World Heroes, mm-hmm. I let you guys know when we get to that bathroom, I'm shaving this beard. Yeah. Yeah. I was purposely not shaven because we were going to Japan World Heroes. I knew I was going to have a bathroom to just let this on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's usually something, um, if you're in a group, you know, if you're in a group and you're going to a con or something, maybe you can uh, have some kind of arrangement where it's like, make sure everyone uses the bathroom because I plan on being fucking bald down here. Yeah, I'm gonna use the bathroom before me, because I am going to carpet bomb with my 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 pubic hair. Well, I'm not even just talking about pubic. I'm talking about chest, legs, back. That is asshole. pubic hair. That is pubic hair. Face. I, 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 I consider that all pubic hair. Face hair. Face hair. Yeah, no, because face hair has a consistency that's not like pubic hair. But like arm hair. Mm, it's pretty goddamn close. Chest hair, it's pretty goddamn close. And then, you know, don't even consider, like, you know, people with different hair types. It could be, it's not necessarily, like, is it, like, coarse, you know? It's just, like, I think this falls under, the. this is this is the hair I got during my pubis, you know? I got it during my, my, my pubic bloom. How did I know that you were going to say the word pubis? Because... <laughs> I don't know, because we've worked together for too long. Well, today we're going to be talking about episode 28 of Choriki Sentai O-Ranger. Behold, the Miracle Fortress, which originally aired September 1st, 1995, written by Noboru Sugimura and directed by Takeshi Ogasawara. This is the finale of our three-part story arc introducing our new king. Now, Alfredo, I know that Super Sentai-wise, this is the third introduction of a sixth hero for you. That we've seen with Darai, Ko, and now Ricky. Yes. Which one has been your favorite? You know what? Fuck it. Let's throw Ninja Man in there, too. Because he was basically a sixth guy. Yeah. Well, Ricky, it's too early to to, to call. We're talking about just introductions. Introductions. (sighs) Introductions. It's probably between... Probably between Ricky and Ninja Man. Like, Barai, I love Barai. But, you know, like, it's it's hard for me to separate the, the Tommy the stuff from it. So, like, when I see, like, Barai first showing up on the scene, you know, it's just like, you know, it's green with evil, right? And it's just, yeah. it's, it, it's cool, it's cool. But, like, I've seen it so much, it doesn't have an effect on me anymore. Um, but uh, Ricky and Ninja Man... They both have some pretty badass, and especially seeing uh, Ninja Man uh, going going big for the first time, and going with the, and then eventually going with the his um, oh my god, what was it called? You talking about when, Samurai Man? Yeah, when he went Samurai Man, when he went when he got all furious because someone yeah. said something to him. That uh, he was called a novice. Yeah, called a novice. That was it. Yeah. I knew he had the Marty McFly 
Achilles heel. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I so I'll say Ninja Man as it is right now. I'll say Ninja Man was probably coolest, just because I was I was also like most excited for Ninja Man because I know he was like wholly different. Because well, Ninja is completely like, underutilized. Yeah, yeah, Ninja. yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think you are sleeping on how sick Ko's intro was. I kind because of, of I, Ko's character being such a shit dick. I kind of pushed him away from my mind. <laughs> kind of pushed away. I couldn't tell you what his uh, his intro looked like right now. His intro was uh, Gohan and his young wife coming and the. The sword in the stone and the uh, what okay. were the what were the villains called? The triumvirate. They yeah, were the trying. Triumvirate. They were trying to get the sword because the sword was going to bring about bring about a uh, the Kiba Ranger, which was like the prophesized downfall of them. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting to remember that. Yeah, it was the whole like prophetic son thing it was it was a very sick introduction for a very underwhelming character yeah yeah that's true for introduction for an introduction his his is pretty fucking rock solid too you're right yeah and then the next episode he's blowing skirts up with his with his uh, chi fucking asshole how quick how quickly (laughs) How quickly that fucking character just <laughs> soured, man. Just Yeah. He was Bart Simpson the Power Ranger. But not like not not charming in any way. He was just he was just seemed we, like a we've gone piece o- of we've shit. gone over in the podcast that I wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons as a child. Is yeah. Bart Simpson charming? He is. Be like okay. So Bart Simpson even even if you want to go into like a character analysis, even with his shittier, you know, hooligan antics, this is at the end of the day. This is, like they still preserve that he is a little boy, and really, what is important to him is that he has love from his parents. Like, there's so many episodes that touch on that of hmm. of Bart, like, yeah, you know, he's being a fucking little stinker, being a little stinker. But he he does ultimately love his parents, and he does like ultimately want to do right by them and make them happy. You know, Homer, even you know now like and I like there's so much discussion about like you know <laughs> Homer's like fucking physical abuse of Bart because you know looking at it in 2020 eyes or just it, it it's 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 um hard it's for a lot of people it's hard to 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 uh, see it as a cartoon, you know. And uh, I, th- I grew up in an era where a father could beat his son. So yeah, and it, it also like one why normal. why I don't why I don't have a problem with that is because one it was never shown to be like it was never played up to be like real abuse in the sense that this this guy this fucking ape of a man is going to kill this little spiky haired boy, and mm-hmm. two is always cartoonish as shit you know, and it and it usually it usually was done with a with um, the level, the like the uh, tempered hand you'd expect from dark humor, kind of done right, you know, yeah, or a reverent humor done right. So I, it's to this day, yes, I grew up with it. So I'm a little biased or a little um, oriented in my viewing a certain way. 
but like I I I can watch it and separate it from that and not think like I, it doesn't stop me. It doesn't you know put me in this place where I'm thinking about actual child abuse because it's it's always been and also they toned it. They kept you know moving away from that more and more, especially during like the golden age of that fucking show when it when it was like from season three to season eight or nine. I want to say some people even cut it shorter than that, but I think. Season three through season nine is golden, but um, anyway, but like I said, I never got to watch the show, so yeah. it really holds no nostalgia for me. Yeah, uh, I know that's a lot of blasphemy to a lot of people. There are plenty of Simpsons podcasts out there, but I'm sure you didn't watch fucking Power Rangers. <laughs> There's you were too busy watching the fucking Simpsons. Freddie yeah. watches everything. That's yeah. why he gets a pass. I... How many times has man seen The Office? <laughs> I've seen a lot. I've seen a fucking lot i know and like that's that's another common thing um or that's a that's something that's like commonplace with office fans i know how we are we just put it on you know we can't decide on what to watch we just put it on and there you go oh i watch i watch the entire series again it's like me and the new girl 30 impression show (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but bart even with his fucking you know dennis the menace antics you know Ratitude and all that shit. He was never a character that was like, this dude's a little ungrateful fucking prick. You know, you're just like, <laughs> you, you like you you saw him for what he was, which was a young kid. You know, and wants to wants to be cool, but he, he also has all these like fears of, you know, not not being you know, uh, not making his parents proud. He holds his mother with such reverence. You know, and he puts up this front of, you know, too cool to care, but he's a real character, you know. Whereas Ko, it's just like from the beginning, that motherfucker was just, he, I just had no time for him. I had no patience for this little shit and what he was doing. I mean, yeah, he, he secretly he was moved in, into Rin's attic, yeah. trying to get a peek at her bras. He sucked. He did. He, he absolutely sucked. He absolutely sucked. He was... Staying up in this 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 teenage girl's house, this teenage girl's apartment, and so fucking ungrateful. Like, you could have been left on the streets, little dude. You well, could have been staying. He was staying with a family. They were just glad to be rid of him. <laughs> uh, this episode begins with the team in Woe Base tracking Barra King, noticing how similar his adornments and movie movements are, and. Like, they're similar to what they've seen of Ricky. And they assume that Bara King could actually be him. At this point, Chief gives the order to kill him. Momo and the others plead with Chief Mira that they could capture him. What if it is Ricky? Maybe we can just get the paranoia out of him. He makes a note that whether Bara King is Ricky or not, we need to defeat the paranoia. Which is the, like, good resolve of the chief. He's like, look, this could have been a powerful ally, but he already fell. We have mm-hmm. to take him out. Yeah, the man the man said, like, you know what? Five girls are already missing. That's it. Cut it. Yeah. You know, like, I ain't fucking around with that. No, 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 no. We're not going to play around with this. There's five girls potentially already dead. No. Well, <laughs> like... Go ahead. Oh, I just appreciate the chief. I appreciate appreciate what you did there yeah it's a tough call but you know what he, he didn't fuck around so after the order was given 
Goro and Jerry go out to the field to to a field, which is right outside. Now we remember when she ran away last time, she ran directly out into a field. So now we have to assume that like this beautiful field is directly outside of Woe Base. Yeah, because we know there's the bridge into like the parking garage. And we know that there's a mountain built into the side of it, a snowy yeah. mountain. So, so there's like you know, it's 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 it's, it's a wooded area, and there's some na- nature around. It has to have some Angel Grove esque, like, landscape where it's got every type of landscape pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, this this weird fucking biome is <laughs> 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 unexplainable. <laughs> Uh, everything you know if you're if you're going to make a Power Ranger series or Super Sentai series you better shoot at a location that has <laughs> polar ice caps deserts jungles and forests the distinction fishing, between to do fishing district <laughs> fishing district uh, industrial a district. big booming industrial district because we need some fucking factories to get blown up a metropolis like city yes a beach a quarry a lake Yes, and the quarry. Quarry above all else. You need you need a fucking quarry, quarry over everything. <laughs> this all needs to be around. If you if you don't got that location, don't think about shooting. Don't shoot don't think about shooting some Sentai. Well Doran overheard this order and she gives the two heroes her blessing, saying that she doesn't believe that Barra King is Ricky. She doesn't think that they're one because she can feel his presence. It's just very far away. Yeah, she's okay. We're like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how she got that information. It makes me think she's... She, she's got clearly some kind of... They're psychically connected. Yeah, it's, well, I mean... basically... Her, her with Ricky. But yeah. it seems like she also kind of just taps into other people's minds, too. Because yeah. the fa- she wasn't around when Chief gave those orders. She was outside. So either she has a connection with the Chief that she just put there and that's just kind of like her people's way mm-hmm. or as soon as as soon as our whoa team came into into the picture came onto the meadow she immediately like kind of did like a quick like scan like oh so chief made that call huh he's like that's okay because that ain't my boy <laughs> well we cut to her boy in a strange cave wandering aimlessly almost in a daze he tries to get up a hill of like loose stone only to come tumbling down and get knocked unconscious we go back to Doran, who's in a field shedding like a single Native American tear for Ricky. Yeah. Play but fucking thi- Return to Innocence. Yeah, but this a, calls for a Kurger like, Bing bag on the fucking ground. <laughs> this calls forth, forth her Snow White abilities, and birds, squirrels, bunnies all come to her. Yeah. Uh, her tear causes flowers to bloom. And the two O Ranger that, that are there are surprised by this, but not really. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> They give you know. They're like tears make flowers bloom. They're they're like all right. We're gonna we're gonna acknowledge this. We're gonna acknowledge this for a second. You know, give it like hey, hey, look at that, look at that. You know what though? The more I think about it, it's not really that big of a deal considering everything that's going on. But still, that's pretty cool, Doran. Well, we cut to a human zoo where we see the Baranoia, Karis, and Prince Bulldog with the five young girls that were captured, and they're deciding to combine the children with animals. Those are the words they use. Combine the children with animals. So, I'm not sure. Are they going to fuse the children with animals, or are they going to breed them and start a race of hybrids? 
this like, it's a, is it going to be machine magic? I like or... to. Th- what if, what if these ideas that come to the machine empire or bull don't specifically? Because I feel like this this got bull don'ts hands all over it. You know. Yeah, it's got chubby robot boy. Hands it's, it sounds like it. chubby robot boy because he's like, I'm. A, I want you to get a bunch of pretty girls, and then I want you to mix them with some animals. Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be funny, Karis? Huh? Get some this little is, girls. This is like um This is akin to oh, what was the Nazi scientist's name? Oh, uh Mangala. Mangala. Yeah. This I is some of that Mangala. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's a very is um Island of Dr. Moreau situation going on here. I I thinks but I like to speaking of Island of Dr. Moreau, I like to think that maybe this is kind of like these ideas that spring up are like bull don't just seeing like hu- human history or literature and being like, yeah, that's a good fucking idea. You know, it's like, hey, that, that one, that one guy just, just made a bunch of, made a bunch of human animals on an Island. Why don't I fucking do that? You know? If, well, like, if if this is so easy, if humans can do it, no problem. You know what? I'm gonna take a bunch of girls and I'm gonna mix them with animals, and they're gonna be my my humanimal harem. Well, and considering how the, long it's been since we've watched the actual episode where it happened, yeah. there was an episode where Bull don't figure like learned how human babies were made. So he was probably like, I can make some weird fucking humans if I just have them make babies with Wait these little girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute yeah. oh god you know that's true he knows a, he has a rudimentary understanding a cursory understanding of how reproduction works non like yeah, how organic reproduction works he's like you know what I'm gonna get gonna get a bunch of little girls I'm gonna get a bunch of animals and I'm gonna make them fuck or I'm gonna make them do the human thing which is the 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 Little does he know that this is the actual origin of the show's you Hoger. No, not really. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a great fucking callback. <laughs> but yeah, they're showing like, he's like, look at this one. I'm going to make this. And there's like a, there's like a drawing of a, you know, like a, what are, what are, what are the, the cat girls called in Japan? I, I don't know. Cat girls. Like, uh, the word would be neko something. I don't yeah, know. cat girl Japanese word. Hold on, it's good. Let's Google it. Neko Masume. So he's trying to make some of those. Yeah, he's trying to make some cat girls, but he doesn't want to just stick to just cats. He's he like, saw. I mean, okay, maybe that's girl? it. Maybe that's it. Maybe he saw. Like you know, in this uh, '90s Japan, going around like look looking looking at some shops and stuff like that. Hey, you think there's real really humans that look that way? There's a there's a girl with cat ears. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen any humans that look that way. He's like, Well, I want a human that looks that way. I'm the prince, so you know what? Right, r- round up some little girls, and we're gonna mix them with animals. That's what I want to do. How does this affect the Rangers? I don't know. It's pretty. I guess it's kind of distressing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't affect 
doesn't affect El Ranger. It's just that you're machines on Earth. We need to get rid of you living machines. <laughs> um, Karis is adamant with combining Doran with a chimp. Like it's some kind of insult. Like it's an ultimate downgrade. Man, and you combine me with a chimp, I am fucking ruling. You combine Freddy with a chimp, nothing fucking changes. He's a little hairier. <laughs> uh, like, is it fusing her with something becomes human? So, it's not like Doran and Ricky making the baby. It's like something lesser in the machine eyes. So... It's like we'll combine the Doran, which is like human 2.0, yeah, with the beta version, yeah, which is the chimp, and like that's got to be some kind of weird machine logic. Like we'll do it with two, we'll fuse her with something two versions back, and it'll make her human, which won't make her special because humans fucking suck. So like this is like the source engine, the chimp. You know, well I'm not really. You know, we can get into technicals of it. No, it's absolutely not a source engine, but just in like maybe Bulldog's mind, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're just we'll going say, off of we'll, children's we'll, show logic. Yeah, in Bulldog's mind, he sees a chimp and he's like, "Oh, there's fucking you know Dota, right?" Mm-hmm. And and, and he, like you know original Dota, and then he sees like Doran, who's like you know your League of Legends or Dota Two, whatever you want to say, you know. And he's just like, "What if I fucking re? What if I remake the the thing everyone loves with with the the old." the old engine from the first game, you know, I would bet that out. like, you know, can you imagine that? Like to a machine? It's like, what if I downgrade, you know, their, their fucking, their operating system? What Two if versions I, back. yeah. Yeah. What if I make them, yeah. Revert to the original, like you said, beta or whatever. It's something, it's very interesting. I like that. He's fixated on the chimp. I kind of I appreciate what's going on there because it's very much like the 1993 Super Mario Brothers film where fucking Koopa just loved the fact that humans came from fucking monkeys in his mind. Again, it's not, you know, it's not technically accurate, but I love that in his mind that he's just like <laughs> monkey, you know, they, they come from monkeys. That's fucking funny. How can, you know, give me a de-evolution gun because I want to turn them into monkeys when we invade the human world. That's funny to me. So they did like th- so. There's there's something to be built on here. They didn't do it like Mario Brothers movie, but I'm like I I get that. It's like, haha, look at you, Hub- machines don't have this problem. <laughs> yeah. But uh, after all this, Karis pulls out a tiny cage, saying that the O Ranger stand no chance against her because of this tiny cage, which legitimately she puts no emphasis into the tiny cage. She just pulls it out to show that she has a tiny cage. And then she asks Bulldog to make her his highest official when he becomes king. I... I... <laughs> it's insurance policy. It's like, alright. you know, I'm This gonna, is more uh, foreshadowing. I'm gonna indulge for, uh, yeah. Office's death. I'm gonna it's indulge... Coming. I'm gonna indulge in your little fat kid schemes but you know when everything's said and done you're 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 running this shit you know you gotta put me in you gotta put me as your right hand man here is your warning for here from here to the end of the episode it is action time and it begins with the Barlow soldiers and Takapas attacking the O-Ranger as they attempt to protect Doran but 
as usual, with the last three episodes of her, she hears Ricky calling out, and she just runs in the direction of his presence that she senses. In a cave, a newer, much better Paku puppet. Like, it's got great movement in its arms and its mouth. It's not just a paper mache doll. It's got inner eyelids. It does. It does. It's a wonderful puppet, and I want it. (laughs) If there is an auction where I can buy whatever is Paku now, like, whatever... Whatever cock sleeve Paku is now, I want that. Well, he finds Ricky, and the little lizard wakes him up and helps him remember his very, very, very bad capture. And that's all we see of that. We cut back to the battle where Bara King and Karis have cornered Doran, and she's left with no help. The O-Ranger have their hands full with the Barlow soldiers, but... As Doran calls out crying to Ricky with tears streaming down her cheeks, her animal friendship skill activates, and a big-ass bird comes down oh, attacking yeah, the Baranoia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big motherfucking eagle comes out and starts just clawing the shit out of things. It's really, it's it's pretty fucking funny, because this bird is, like, huge. At one point, yeah, and at one point they just have it, have it on a wire, and they just shoot it. At an incredible velocity at, at uh, Kira, at Kiris. Yes. Uh, and then the other part, when it's clawing at the back of, um, uh, what's Bara the King. Bara King, it's just some hands in some bird gloves in some bird, <laughs> in, in some bird, in some bird talon gloves. And yeah. it's just like, and it's just like, it's just like pinching <laughs> the shit out of the back of Bara King. <laughs> it's fucking great. Well, this big bird distraction gives the O-Ranger enough time to pull up on their jetter machines. And since Goro and Jury know about Doran's animal magic, they know to follow the birds because they protect Doran. Did you, like, I want to know what effect that is, because these birds looked hand-drawn. Yeah, they did. did. Have you ever seen Reptilicus? Let me answer your question about Reptilicus, the word that you'd never finished saying. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, in Reptilicus, uh, well known for its shit effects, there's this part where he eats a man. It's a kaiju film. There's this part where he eats a man, and it is clearly like a drawing of a man, like be superimposed and moving around, like an animation of a man. And it was just so fucking jarring. And I want to know the name of that technique. Like, I know what is happening there. You know, they're super superimposing, like, a, an animation, right? But I want to know what that's fucking called. Because it's, 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 it's one of the most... Um, few things can, like, zap you out of what you're watching faster than that technique can. Because when I saw those fucking animated birds flopping about and they're like songbirds, they're calling for they're calling for Doran, I was just like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> you know, like you know the cuckoo clock scene in Beerfest. Yes, exactly, exactly like that. I was utterly confused. We come back to find that big ass bird has been killed by Karis and Bara King, but. Like we said before, the bird killed enough time for the heroes to pull up on their motorcycles, and the team starts a mounted assault on the monsters, but they're not having that shit. Karis wraps her rip around Momo's neck, 
Karis wraps her whip around Momo's neck and rips her from the bike. But Jury's quick to back her girl up, and they hit Karis with a super kick. Karis no-sells this attack and immediately turns into her dump truck-ass monster form and bulks up to make a kaiju size. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. The design... Who, sn- who snuck this in? What, what was the point of this? I don't see the theming. She's I a, she's a like zookeeper, and then all of a sudden she's a very Rupin-esque Rup- monster? <laughs> Here's... I don't think much is given... Much I don't think much design effort is given to the monster of the week. I think that they just slot them in somewhere. Yeah, because like, like this is a female monster design, and they're like, okay. I and watched the preview for next week's, and I think that the idea of introducing Karis the Beast Tamer was so that they could lose the machine aesthetic of the monsters because they probably felt like it was hampering them too much, the designers. Because the next monster, which is actually the monster we'll be covering Monday in Power Rangers Power Playthrough, is a tarantula. It's not a machine. It's just a fucking tarantula. Yeah. And I just think that, like, putting that machine... Like, everything has to be a machine on there was just too much... For the designers, they couldn't design enough interesting-looking machines because you can only put cogs and gears on things in so many ways before they all look the same. That's, Which, real, that's real weird to me, though, that Japan... Honestly, would have really worked with O-Ranger is having very similar monsters. It's like, look, we're just going to overwhelm you. They're going to keep coming back. The only monsters that have, like, real like design effort put into them are going to be your your villainous roster the staples yeah and it's fine it's fine like they also might just have monster costumes laying around that they didn't use and they're like no nah, throw that one in there now it, it works yeah well i'm i'm i uh agree with what you're saying outside of one part which is I never would take the. I would never take. Um, let me start that again. I would never be one to think that Japan would have a tough time designing robots. <laughs> I, I think I feel like this. This is like you know their forte, right? Like this is, this is like one of their major like aesthetic cornerstones of their but, uh, pop culture. Yeah. But also this is at this point in time hands down the worst rated Sentai show that they've ever made. Yeah. There aren't many eyes on that. So why are they going to waste time designing all these specialty monsters when they could do a machine thing later spend more money on it when really nobody's watching this show? Hmm. Hmm. Fair point. They're they're probably hoping that King Ranger is going to bring some more eyes to it, sell some more toys. Like, no, not sell some more toys because this is, while it's one of the lowest rated shows, it's one of the highest selling toy lines that they've ever had. Because even if you don't like the show, the toys are sick as shit. Like I'm rewatching Zio. 
all of my memories of that show are memories of how sick the fucking toys were. Mm-hmm. I had a like, lot of them, too. Like, I don't remember a lot of the show, but I do remember the goddamn toys. So, it could just be that no eyes are on it, and they can just use whatever monster designs they've had lying around instead of spending money on new designs. Yeah. I mean, I'm just throwing I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall right now, trying to see what sticks. I, I you know, but that makes sense though. So. Like why go all out for this? Why give why these are these monster designs, like you said, they could easily be from any number of things. They could be from they could be from previous Sentai they could be from a metal hero show, whatever, you know, they're just around and they're like, and like there are monsters out there like Barra King, whose design was very important. So of course they designed Barra King for the show, but like beast tamer Karis, she also, the way that Bacchus talks to her is kind of like, she is data from the old, from the old war. Because he talks to her like she knows what's up with Ricky, like she knows what's up with Doran. And she has a... She has a vengeance against them. So, like, that might have been the design of Machine's past, and these might be designs that she remembered from then. But... Hmm. Who knows? Like, I'm just trying to work more story into it so that we understand it a little more. That's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... Think that that's speaking of cornerstones, one of the cornerstones of uh, of the peepee. <laughs> is trying to inject a little more into yeah, the show. Yeah, where to we we try it. we we try to kayfabe the shit out of things. You know, we try our hardest to to really make things work to fit the uh, to fit the things that are. We know this is due to budgetary reasons. <laughs> we know that this is a Sentai episode. But when we get to Jason Lee Scott's return, I might need an episode where we don't talk about the show, where we just talk about the morphing grid. That'd be dope. That'd be for it. We could have just like a little side episode. Yeah. Just talking about the morphing grid for a second, because I got some shit to say. And I've been unfortunately unloading it on Freddy and pretty much anyone that'll listen for like two weeks now. <laughs> But let's get back to the show. The O-Ranger, who aren't worried about Barra King, who's clearly there to kill Doran, leave him alone with Doran, and call upon the O-Ranger Robo. Karis pulls out the weird cage she had earlier in the human zoo and catches O-Ranger Robo. Barra King, who was still small, is now ordered to catch Doran. We cut to the cave holding Ricky and Paku. And as they journey through this dark foggy cave they discover a multicolored, like lit up pit <laughs> and they decide that the way home is to jump in yeah they pull a never ending story too you just and they they jump in yeah you you gotta and let's talk about being taken out of the moment you were taken out with the birds yeah. I wasn't taken out of the moment with the birds I was taken out of the moment where this tiny <laughs> Ricky figure with a Paku on his shoulder was just chucked into the pit. Yeah. That was pretty good. 
I, I enjoyed it too much to be taken out of it, I guess. Like I was, I was sitting here taking notes, mm-hmm. and I went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Which is about as good of a... Yeah. <laughs> when I'm on the podcast, I can talk. When I'm on the stream, I can talk. When I'm sitting here alone in the room Who are you by performing? myself... Who are you performing for, you know? The most you're ever going to get out of me is a, huh? Unless <laughs> I'm watching... Uh, have you ever watched Community, Freddy? No. Okay, it's currently on Netflix. I... Sh- I urge you to watch it once it leaves our currently watching list on mm-hmm. the Netflix queue. By the way, are you watching the Rugrats movie like a lot? Because it keeps popping up in the Yeah, queue. of course I am. Okay. And there will be blood? Yeah. Okay. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> okay. Just, just trying to figure it out. Um, there's an episode in like season four of Community where the principal, who's played by Jim Rash, is letting people know that the school's paychecks were delayed, and he does it dressed as a payday. But then it turns into this the candy like, bar. We- yeah, the candy bar, and uh, it turns into this like weirdly political rap. And there's this point where he like goes, and Barack Obama is scared of me, and. Uh, <laughs> And then they, like, pull the mic out of the dean's hand, and he goes, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, he was taken over by rap. Yeah. And, like, see how you're the laughing of right rap. now? Yeah. I did it no justice. But the first time I saw it, I was watching it with uh, Miss Bryn, and she saw me turn off the TV so that I could go weep from how much I was laughing. When generally, I have no reactions to anything. Like, I just sit there and go, okay, I enjoyed this. This was fun to me. And that's how I show enjoyment is going, yes, this was good. Yeah. But as soon as you put an audience in front of me that's not my girlfriend, I'll animate a little bit more. Because so I don't perform you, for her. I perform for you guys. You got to, you got to, yeah, exactly. Like, who are you performing to? And that's not to say that you don't enjoy it the same amount as you would enjoy it on your own or enjoy it with friends. It's just kind of like you're in I will your, tell you you're that in your you're I do your enjoy mind. it more with friends. Well, there's there's things because it's about the it's about the energy that you're sharing with those. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. Obviously there's uh, obviously like with friends that's a whole different that's a whole different situation. I guess what I'm trying to say is that when you're on your own and you're kind of just enjoying something, you're in your own head, you know, and you're in your own space. That that way you're just I don't know, you're you're you don't have to act human. <laughs> and you know how I watch TV, I lay on the floor, I put I my do. hand on my exposed belly and I just watch. Yep. I And that's what I do and then I go, "Huh." Yeah. And that's what I did. When I saw this little, this it's little Ricky, sa- it's the same into thing. This colorful pit. It's the same thing when we see a meme that is actually extremely funny to us, but we just the, the most it gets out of us because we're by ourselves is just a uh, like a, a hard exhale through our nostrils, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just it's just, I don't know. It's something interesting when your own when you're in your own theater of the mind you know or whatever you want to call it when you're in your own like fucking pokeball you're just if if you're alone and you openly laugh at something 
it's legitimately one of the funniest things. That's yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, because that's true. Because the and most I'm going to do is go, huh? Okay. But let's get back to the show. When we get back to the battle, we get a shot of the hardest working footage in Toku. <laughs> Yeah, you know what it do. is. Yeah, we do the immediately. The earth splitting open and a bit of fire coming out. Made famous to us personally in Zoo Ranger and Power Rangers for the mech call sequence. Yeah. But out of this hard-working footage, Ricky to the rescue. That's now right, the battle buddy. is king versus king. And as we know, according to WWE booking rules, you can't beat a fucking legend. And the King Ranger makes light work of Barra King. He really does. Kind of fucking, like, I kind of felt Barra King's whole position here got real. Like, man, he had the shortest push in history. Like, yeah. he, he at the end of that fucking episode, this dude he had a big swinging he had dick. A, he had a revival on the main roster push. Yeah. Yeah, big swinging dick, man, at the end of that, f- that episode. And this, he doesn't even get to go big. It's no, just like, it's not, just like. He does get to go big. Does he get to go big? Yeah. I don't remember him going as big. Soon, as soon as light work is made a Barra King, Acha and Kocha come oh, that's to right. give their okay. guy a second wing. Well, all right. So, But he – because, like, Kiris goes big, and she's like, you just get get that little girl. And he's like, yeah. yeah. And it's – like, he just – he's immediately reduced to not that big of a deal. Yes. And – now we have Barra King versus King Pyramider. Miter. Kind of. King pa- Pyramider uses his ability to free the O-Ranger Robo from the cage. And this prompts Goro to jump from the cockpit and release the little girls from the human zoo using Star Riser. Instead of going back into O-Ranger Robo, he wants to use the numbers advantage and do a three-on-two fight. And he calls upon Red Puncher. Now, instead of getting a three-on-two fight, we get a 2v2 p- battle. Because, you know, Pyramider's a pyramid. He's not going to fucking move. He's just going to sit there. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty even battle. But Karis seems to get the upper hand because she has nipple beams. And yep. she takes a shot at them. Yep. Um, once the nipple beams are fired. <laughs> no. Once the nipple beams are fired, the Cherokee calls to all of the ships. And in all three of the Mecha's cockpit, we see the King Ranger symbol flash. And at Woe Base, new blueprints are mysteriously uploaded from the pyramid in the Ruin Room for a new for two new combinations of the mech. And the team immediately goes Formation 1, which is the carrier formation. Now, this separates all of the mech individually, and King Pyramider spreads out like he's going to turn into a big form, but really, he's just a place for all of the mech to sit. Now, up front, we have the Taurus and the Lion. Behind, we have the Easter Island head, and what's the other one? Oh, right. We looked it up. Fuck me. <laughs> it was, uh... I'm just gonna call it Stonehenge. I don't think it was that Stone... that work? I mean, it was a... It was a, uh... So Man. we have blue, green... Yellow, yeah. pink. They're, they're, that's then, a better way to go about it. And then uh, the red phoenix sitting up on 
where the point would be, it opens up to become flat for him to stand on it. And then Red Puncher hops on the back and puts up his dukes. Now, th the attack that they use doesn't have a name, but everything fires all of their primal primary weapons simultaneously. And this attack makes Barakang a little bitch because yeah. he just dies. Yeah. So they decide to go into Formation 2. But before this, all of the robots disengage and they reform O-Ranger Robo before assuming this formation. Battle formation. Where, at this point, King Pyramider, who's already spread out, stands up, reveals that he has a head and arms, and then his back opens up to where... Go, go ahead. Well, they all... <laughs> The back opens up, and it's just a bunch of shelves, and he's just like, get on in. And yeah. then uh, Red Red Puncher for, forms on, on that little shelf and, you know, becomes uh, little Gatling cannons on his, like, uh, like uh, shoulder-mounted Gatling cannons for him. Yes. The, and, the part of this that bothers me is that they reformed O-Ranger Robo because they just split up again to go back inside of him. Right. That yeah, that was interesting because they were in a in a um shit. What was that called? What was that called in the toys? The the assault. You know, they're like in the assault mode. Yes. Right. Now, and the, and then they jumped out and then reformed, but then jumped, then like went to individual swords again to go back into pyramid. So I honestly, I I don't know. It's just they shot the footage once, and this is what they're going to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because it. we're never going to see another battle where they use both forms again. Um, now, when they go into him, and Pyramider is standing there taking his human form, Red Puncher adds two guns to his shoulders, and it seems like the Cherokee energy from all six warriors powers this form's final attack, which is called the Super Legend Beam, which is just the big red square in the middle of his chest <laughs> firing is, an overpowered energy beam into the beast tamer Karis. Makes a great sound. Killing too. her. It makes a fucking awesome sound. It, it it gave me uh feelings like reminiscent of um 2014 Godzilla when he yeah. first uses his atomic breath in that movie. It mm -hmm. gives me like that kind of feeling where you just like the, the power is like building up and then it just mm, mm, it's good. It's real good. Now, here's what I kind of like about this form, is that Ricky never knew about it, so I'm assuming that King Pyramider never took that form in the pre-ancient times. And that it basically took the energy of all six of their Choriki to power that thing to move. Because they show it towering over Karis. Like, it's two and a half of her high. Yeah, she comes... <laughs> I was looking at that. She comes to, like, his waistline. Yeah. It's, it's in, like, it's, he is fucking massive. And I loved her, like, <laughs> just looking up, like, oh, this isn't fair. Like, this isn't right. Like, I yeah. get, like, this, what am I supposed to fucking do here? <laughs> so the battle's over. And on the ground, Paku's introduced to squirrels and rabbits. Because that's the most important thing to me that happened in this episode. But, the O-Ranger talk to Ricky and welcome him to the team. Ricky has something else to say. You guys are a team. I'm Doran's protector. I'm here to fight the Baranoia and in that our paths align. 
so we're allies, but I'm not an O-Ranger. What does Understand? This, what does this tell you about Ricky? That he's the king. That he's a, he's a bodyguard. He's called King Ranger because he's protecting the most important resource to our planet. And the O-Ranger are protecting the planet, but if Doran is gone, the planet has no help. That's what it says to me. Well said. Well said. I I like this. I like this a lot. I thought it was pretty good. It was like, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get I get what you guys are saying. You know, uh, you know, and we got this Shoriki thing going. We have similar suits, but no, nah, man. Let me let me make it clear what my priorities are. I ain't answering no whoa call. You know, if it steps in front of what I'm trying to do here or what what is what are my priorities. Yeah, if if you're falling to the paranoia, but I'm protecting Doran from a different paranoia army, y'all are falling to the paranoia. You'll die before I give up Doran. Mm -hmm. Understand that. It's good stuff. He's already showed for uh, for our second younger uh, cast member in uh, mm -hmm. in three uh, Sentai series. I, he's already, you know. <laughs> Ricky's only younger in the actor's age. Like, yeah. the character Ricky is years beyond those people. Like, you aged faster in the pre-ancient times. Like, who knows how long they lived. Like, he could be, he could have been the oldest person in his village for all I know. <laughs> Where people are living to the ripe old age of 25. Yeah, yeah Ricky... Ricky could have three kids at this point. Could. Very good. Very, uh, could have had to leave them well all could. behind. <laughs> yeah. But the episode ends on a light note with Doran calling for Ricky because she needs help catching a bunny. And it's very cute. It is very cute. I like that he's just like, hey, I got important shit going on here. You see yeah, that let little me go human? Get this fucking rabbit. You see that humanoid over there? That is like. That is all of mankind right there. That is that is that is the good in the world. That little that little girl right there. That humanoid girl right there. That's everything to me. That's everything to this world. So I got way more important shit than your weird underground base. And then she's like, "Ricky, that fucking rabbit. I want it." And he's like, he he does a comical sigh and he's just like. Where where to go? And he runs and <laughs> he just runs into the woods. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and that's a very different dynamic that we've seen. It, wait, is it a very different dynamic? Because Barai, no, yeah, it is. Because Barai was like, "This is my brother. I'd do anything to help him. But if I come out of here, I'll die." Hmm. And Ko was like, "I'm gonna use this power to look at pussy," <laughs> and. Ninja Man was like, I'm stronger. Hmm. And and then Ricky's like, look, I'm here. Um, I'm here if you need me, but like, call me if you can't get anybody else. We we essentially want the same thing, but just so you know, my schedule's pretty back. But, you know, in a pinch, sure. <laughs> yeah. And... With a new dynamic, that makes currently, and I know that we're, 
I know that we're biased because he looks cool. That's probably our best sixth ranger intro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's looking good, man. It's looking good. And before we say yeah again, thank you so much for listening to our show. <laughs> we come to you every Monday and Thursday on your favorite podcatcher, and we're on a bunch of them. So get it where you want. I personally listen on Spotify. I know Freddie does too, but if you got Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review over there. I'll look at them. I always do. And uh, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash powerplaythrough. And for as little as $5 a month, you can get bonus episodes like our current Big Bad Beetleborg series or a Goosebump series or um, the occasional Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. There's all kinds of shit going on there. It's yeah. really like you, you can't predict it. That's what Freddy's I solo in-depth review of Rugrats in Paris. That's what I want. It's just you cannot predict what's going to going to pop up on that Patreon. That's why that's going to be the big like, the the that's what it's going to seal the deal. It's like, hey man, you should give five dollars to this to 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 these boys. I'm like, why, man? I've 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 been on Patreon as a podcast before. Ain't no thing. I was like, no, nah, you don't understand, man. You don't it's understand. Real weird at all. over there. <laughs> I think that one dude. I think that one dude's going insane, and I think it's getting documented on on this on the on this Patreon on this podcast. You need to check it out. What happened? Dan watched eighteen episodes of Clarissa Explains It All and tries to explain it as one episode because he couldn't tell where one started and one ended. <laughs> Sincerely, check it out. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to give you all kinds of variety on there. Yeah. Not just Toku stuff, because we know that gets boring sometimes. Because when my life became overwhelmed with Toku, I didn't watch any for six months. If you could follow us on social media, that'd be wonderful. We're on Twitter at P Playthrough and on Instagram at Power Playthrough. If you want to send us an email, you can at powerplaythrough at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at McNernia. But most importantly, Freddie, where can we find you on the internet? Well, you could just find me on Facebook. Under my name, I don't got another. I don't got another. You know what's? Like, you know what's funny is you say this every week, but you don't ever give your last name. Oh, because my name is on the podcast. Like, yeah. like if you if you if you go onto the podcast and you go to mine, like you'll see my name. Like you'll you'll like it's okay. Like uh, also, I don't want to. S- <laughs> oh, it's easier to just say, you know, if my name's there on the podcast instead of saying my name on here and then sp- then having to spell it out because, you know, nothing against you. I just know I'll have to spell it out. Good. But, like, yeah, look for me on on our uh, Twitter. Um, you'll In doing so, you'll find my Twitter. You'll find my name there. You can, uh, you'll find my name on our podcast Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. You can contact me there. Sincerely, I don't care. It's just shit posts. It's Kerger Bing. It's uh, harm's way, running to various songs. Uh, it is. It, it is, is true. A couple of them have got me. <laughs> it's a. It's a bunch of that. If you're if you, if you're down with the clown, eh, check me out there. It's all good. I also have a Twitter, like you mentioned, Chief Robert, uh, Baby Sir. Uh, check that out. It's lighter there. Just mainly retweeting stuff I care about, uh, causes and so on and so forth. Uh, I have an Instagram that is not active yet and probably won't be by the next time I say this, 
But you, you know what? If you're on Instagram, there's an Instagram account I want everybody to follow. It's dads, the number four real. If you're a dad looking for love, if you're looking for your very own Ashley, head to dads, the number four real. It's a real great Instagram. Check out dads for real on Instagram. That's active. Mine isn't. But you can check out mine if you want. It's Rob DeSentry. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be something by the time you listen to this, depending how many years in the future you listen to it. Do you have every Century comic? Do you have Century's first appearance? Yeah. I think uh, that you should just post a daily picture of a different Century comic. That'd be just cool. Just the cover of it. That'd be cool. I'd like that. Yeah, because I have, I have uh, collecteds. I have the single issues. I have... Is it um, in really good condition? Yeah, you should I got hand a, that over to me. I got a, I, I got a couple of them, so I'll have to look and see what's, what's um. I'll have to see what's what's the best out of them, and yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, bring them all to me, and then I will go through them, and then we will determine which one is the nine eight candidate, and then we'll press it and send it off. Awesome. So that you can have, because I think that books like. 350 now if it's graded 9.8 really hmm. yeah well i've never looked into the monetary value of this stuff just because it's never going to leave me but yeah i would that'd be awesome to grade it it's nice to know that you have that yeah yeah exactly sometimes like hi guys welcome to the, the podcast within a po- podcast dan's comic value talk um Hit him. For the for the most part, when comics go into my my boxes, yeah. If they're if they're like at this point, it's '90s or older. Because guys, comics from the '90s are like 30 years old now. They're vintage comics. Uh, so even though that wild to think about. If they were, if they're still in great condition. I'd rather get them sealed because I'm probably not going to read them again. And if I am going to read them again, it's going to be in these 99 cent reprints that Marvel is just chucking out there. Instead of looking at my, like, a Spawn 1, the cheapest you can get it for, is $20. There's a million and a half of those motherfuckers out there. There's a million and a half of them. Comics, a top tier comic right now gets a printing of 300,000. And that's been a rule of thumb for a very long time is that you want to stay out of the late 80s and nine and early 90s. Uh, you want to stay out of the late 80s and you want to stay out of the 90s in comic books. That's kind of it, been just unless like, you're looking at things like darker image number one, the black and white cover. Yeah. Or New you're Mutants, looking at uh, New Mutants 98 and 98, 86. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300. There's like there's some specifics, there, obviously. There's some there's some. Um, there's some ones that that are exception to the rule, but you make a very good point with it being now fucking thirty years. It's like yes, these things were overprinted to fucking dick and back, but they're not gonna like you know a lot of these things are not gonna hang around. These, these things are gonna fall to the wayside. You know these things are gonna be harder and harder to come by. So it's I agree with you that it's not a bad idea to rather have it uh, cased up and preserved. Because, like you said, there's so many ways, if you want to fucking read that motherfucker, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, in a way, you if you want to feel good about it, because I know some people feel terrible about casing their comics and CGCing them, 
you are being a custodian of history because if you ever want to crack it open, you could just crack it open. It only costs $19 to seal a book. So, like, if you think it's in good condition and you want to preserve that history, just do it. All right. Thank you so much. Did you do Rainer? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'll do it right now. <laughs> hey, did you like the music that, that we played here on the show at the beginning and the, the music you're going to hear in a few minutes here? You know who did that? Rainer. Who's Rainer? Oh, you know who Rainer is. Those handsome boys, Vegas boys, play some chunky, chunky, crispy, crispy tunes. Well, they're our best friends. They want to be your best friend, too. So please check them out at rainer.bandcamp.com to get yourself some music from these sweet, sweet boys that deserve all our kisses. You can also get yourself some merchandise, and that helps a lot because, you know, we all going through it. Get some stuff. Also, check out their other project, Break Check. You know the deal. Breakcheck.bandcamp.com Check out some music of half of Rainer, which makes for something different but the same at the same time you know it's like you get like it's like hey i love this voice i want more of this voice but hey this is a different way of hearing this voice this is good stuff anyway we just who did who did our theme song this time the new theme song is it rain or a break check i'll have to get back to you on that (laughs) (laughs) anyway if you like this stuff please check them out tell them we sent you tell them we love them Tell them you love them. You don't have to. You don't have to. If you don't love them, you don't love them. Don't lie to buy them. Buy that fucking They'll... lime pin. Yeah, buy that fucking lime pin. But if you don't love them, don't tell them you love them because that'll break their hearts because their hearts will immediately know because they're pure. <laughs> but check out Rainer. <laughs> yes. Again, thank you so much for listening to our show and our show within a show. Your support means everything to us. And uh, we will see you next time on PPP. That's Power Playthrough Podcast in the DPC announcer Enjoyed the show. Proud of you. That was real good. Voices,